Okay, I'm talking. So what's the podcast going to be called? The Queen Bee's Goal. It's going all together? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay, I love it now. I love it even more. This is the Queen Bee School, a woman's and mother's guide to being a boss lady boss for bloggers, freelancers, and entrepreneurs. We cover how to grow your business, find balance with work and life and kids and husbands, and own who you really are. I'm Cheryl Malik. I'm your host, and I am a pretty boss lady boss. Welcome. This is the very first ever episode of the Queen Bee School. It is the podcast for women and mothers who want to own their own hive. Oh God, forgive all of the bee and honey analogies that are bound to follow. So the reason I wanted to start this podcast was to honestly share my passion and that is helping women start and grow their own hustle. Because let's face it, I mean, traditional work environments can be fantastic. It's it's such a stable, you know, source of income and a place to work together and to grow with other people who are talented and, and can challenge you and do all of those things. But a lot of times it's not super friendly to um, to women and mothers, especially those who want something a little more flexible in their lives. So that's what the Queen Bee School is all about. It's helping women support each other and share what we know that will let us own our own thing, grow our own business, or even if it's just a a side hustle that you never want to turn into a full-time thing. That's what we're here to talk about. We're going to share stories from other women who have gone from being a working mom to stay-at-home mom, who started a side hustle as a stay-at-home mom, who started a side hustle as a stay-at-home mom, and now uh, it's their full-time thing. I mean, we can grow this stuff together. That's what we're going to talk about. It's it's going to be magical. It's going to be pretty magical. So first of all, I want to tell you guys a little bit about um, who I am so that you trust me, uh, kind of have an understanding of like why I'm even doing this. So uh, my name is Cheryl Malik, and I probably most notably um, write, photograph, edit, and all that for the Food Blog 40 Aprons. Um, I write mostly paleo and Whole30 recipes, um, almost always, you know, quote unquote, real food. And so if you've ever done a Whole30, you've probably used one of my recipes. So we're friends. We're friends now. Um, so my blog is at the point now that it's it's full-time income. It's, I mean, that's it's my main gig and I could survive solely on that if I wanted to. Um, a year ago, I would never ever have thought that to be possible. Um, I was working in a traditional agency setting and um, my blog was, I mean, it was there, you know, and it was, I published stuff here and there. I was mostly too busy to, to do so. I was working so many hours at the agency and then, you know, I'm a mother, so you there's not a lot of extra time when you have a very demanding um, traditional job and a child. So my blog kind of took a back seat. Um, so the fact that I think I have increased my page use by 10 times, like a thousand percent in um, less than a year. So I essentially strategized for myself. 
I had been working for so many clients doing their digital marketing, their strategies and all that, and I just wasn't implementing my own advice. I wasn't taking the time to do it for myself and then to be the client as well and make it happen and like take take that strategy and put it into action. So um, it hit me one day when I realized that, well, here, here's the, the, uh, the moment when I realized that this isn't what I wanted to do. Um, my son spends a lot of time with his grandma and I'm super, super lucky to have that relationship, to have that just option to, you know, send him instead of doing a full-time daycare or whatever, it's a little more flexible. So he spends a lot of time with, you know, one-on-one time with my parents um, and I can like meet them at the zoo or whatever during the week if I have time. Um, But when I was working at the agency, I didn't have the time. I never had the time. And when I would pick him up after, you know, his grandma day or after his little like Mother's Day Out program or whatever, it was always this like, it was like under duress, right? So I was like, I have so much to do. I have, I have so much to do. I'm, I'm having so much fun with you. I'm, ha- I'm having so much fun with playing with my son right now. But like, seriously, I have so much to do. I'm like, just wait until daddy gets home. Then I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the office. And you know, it was crazy. It was like absolutely nuts. And um, I, there was one day when, I don't even remember honestly the, the specifics, but um, I was there and my mom was there and my son was there and um, he, I think, like tripped or something. I don't know. Or got scared or something. And he wanted grandma, not me. Like I'm his mother, you know, I made him. And that was really, it really hit me that I really wasn't spending as much time with him as I wanted. And it wasn't good quality time at that So um, the irony kind of being that I originally quit my job, became a freelancer years back because I wanted a job that was flexible so that I could spend time with my child and hang out with him and take him for pancakes one morning if I wanted to and not feel so restricted by these, this like artificial work scenario where like you have to do eight to five or eight to seven or eight to 10 or, you know, whatever it gets to like, that's someone else telling you that that's the thing to do. And that's what's going to work for you and whatever. And that that didn't jive with me at all. Um, and I am going to tell you my story in just a few minutes and you'll understand a little bit more kind of where I'm coming from. But I, I started this hustle because I wanted the flexibility of working with you know, having having a career and um, and being ambitious and, and creating things and reaching people and doing all that. But I also wanted to be able to enjoy my child um, as much as I possibly could and balance those. So I worked really hard in the years leading up to even having a child to create that flexibility and have stability within it. And then it just completely, it just completely fell to one side. It was like, it was totally unbalanced. The scales were totally, totally off center. So, um, that was the moment I realized and I pretty much quit, uh, shortly thereafter. So, okay. How did I even get there? So I, um, I want to share my story because I think that maybe a lot of women, um, will be able to relate to it. There are these sort of like early signs that, 
having my own thing and running my own business was what I always really wanted. Um, and I kept saying no to it, essentially. So my like inside voice was going, do this. And my all the external factors and just what I was thinking consciously was it was all going no no kind of like the other day I uh I said to my son we were driving getting groceries or whatever and I said baby I love you and he said no that's basically what was going on in my um <laughs> my conscious so ever since I was a kid and I, I'm sure you're thinking oh oh shit we're going way back um, yeah, we're going to go way back. So ever since I was a kid, um, I was interested in writing and publishing. So I, I didn't just sit around and like write novels. That format didn't really work for me. I just am not good at the long form thing. And honestly, I just couldn't come up with topics. That was like my biggest struggle is always just I can't come up with a plot. So um, what I did write from, I mean, I was like six, seven, I don't know, seven or eight or something like that, writing this stuff. Um I would write articles for a magazine and I would type them up on Word, you know, 95 or whatever, and um, print them out. I would print out several copies, right? And I would write several articles for one publication. Um, and then I remember this so vividly. It's so, so 90s. Um, they had those like intense hair gel ads, you know? Uh, you, you totally would remember them if I, if I showed you one. Um, I would photocopy those because every magazine had ads, right? So I would photocopy those and then lay them all out on the floor and piece them together individually. So like each one had, you know, the same, they had like the right articles in the right order and it was all kind of like, you know, broken up by these extreme hair gel ads. And I would like stable them together and then deliver them to my readership, which was uh, like my sister and my mom and my dad and po quite possibly, I think maybe the hamster got one too. Um, so that was my earliest career sort of inkling. And for years, for decades, I said, I wanna be a writer. Um, I wanna do publishing. And I was the editor in at my literary magazine in, in high school and then in college. And um, in college, that's really where it, it things d divided, right? So I um, was trying to think of what I could do for a living. And I was told, this was in, let's say, like 2005. So it was like year one of Facebook and Pinterest didn't exist for sure. There was like none of that. So we were on this cusp between old school publishing. So like magazines and newspapers and all that and digital publishing. So we hadn't gotten there yet. And it definitely looked like digital, uh, the traditional publishing was just like going away like completely. So I kind of understand it. But anyway, I was told over and over there are no jobs in publishing. There's no jobs in writing. Like you write a novel and you get it picked up by a publisher and like maybe you'll make some royalties, maybe. But that's like the extreme 
doesn't happen often. You can't rely on that. You know, you're going to be working for minimum wage at these internships um, forever, essentially. So it was like this horrible horror story, you know, illustrated to me over and over and over when I talked about what I wanted to do. So I changed my major from English to philosophy and I went pre-law. Yes. Okay. Good, good choice. So in the meantime, I was the editor of the literary magazine and again so this is like year two or three of facebook at this point and i started thinking we need to be on facebook we need to be reaching our audience in a way other than them just seeing like flyers on campus we can find the people that this will resonate with and we can make them buy a copy we can make them write for us you know we can we can do these things if we kind of change how we're how we've been doing them, um, we also added music to the journals, which I thought would sort of bring it a little less super literary and bring more of like the the entirety of the art community into our publication. So I made those changes because. I personally looked at the situation and strategized and had an idea and wanted to implement it. And it felt so good to do that, to just to make the call, right? And having the ability to make the call allowed me to strategize and be creative, right? So I experienced this firsthand. Um, in college, of course, you know, I still like worked for people because there was the whole department um, that ran the literary magazine, like the, you know, professors and all that. But I still felt like I was in control and I could call the shots. So I basically the whole time just said no, 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 to um, wanting to do publishing. I mean, I would sit I remember very specifically, this was a while back, so um, just forgive forgive my choices here, but I would like drink, I was drinking like a, I think like a, you know, just terrible beer and eating like Taco Bell and like laying out the, the magazine and just being like, I love this. I love this. And I would text my mom, mom, I think I want to apply for that internship at Southern Living, which was like an hour away. So I was at Alabama. Anyway, so she she was always super supportive. She was like, yeah, you can do it. I love Southern Living. I have all their magazines. You fit in perfectly there. Do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then um, I would, I guess, think about it. Like my, the other little voices that had said, there's no jobs in publishing, would, would sort of chime in. Like little, you know, very um, cinematic, these little like, and it's like montage of ghosts me like there's no jobs you're gonna be poor forever all of that and i would be like no never mind i'm just gonna stay the course so um i went to law school yes i stayed the course went to law school um for like uh, a semester a semester and a half so as soon as i got to law school i realized the last thing i ever want to do with my life is this horrible and everyone kept telling me well you could be a writer. You could write for like Law and Order. You could write for like Boston Legal, which I guess was a, a thing back then. Um, and it just didn't make sense to me. Like, why would I go to law school, you know, rack up plenty of debt um, and just so I could be a writer? Like, I could just be a writer, right? So I, um, I quit. 
quit law school and I moved home and I had no skills. Um, I mean, I, ha- I had skills, I had talents and I, I knew what I was doing in certain things, but none of it would translate to a resume. You know, I didn't have any like real work experience. I just had um, my work as the editor of a literary magazine, which is like, there's not a lot of positions, you know, paid positions for entry level editors of magazines, you know, doesn't not really how it works. Um, and where we were, there's not a lot of publications anyway. And I didn't really want to be like a journalist. So what I did was, um, I went back to one of my like summer jobs, just working retail in, um, music and sound design. So I had a degree in philosophy and, um, a charming personality. And from there I, learned a little bit about sound design and I was recruited by a small businessman, like a small business man, um, not a small businessman. Anyway, uh, he recruited me to come work for him and help him manage his business and assist him in giving quotes and implementing systems and maintaining everything. And so I worked with him um, and I learned so much so much and it sort of started hitting me then that I wanted to be him not me um that I didn't really feel super comfortable like taking the orders and I mean that's just part of life of course you know especially for a while is doing what other people tell you to do but it just it didn't it didn't jive with me like I, it just bothered me more than I think it probably should have, or you know, could have, or anything. Um, and in the meantime, having this again non-creative work, I had started writing a blog when I when I first went to law school because it was so dry and horrible and soul-sucking and boring. And I started a food, so I started a food blog, right? Um, and it kind of went away when I quit law school because I just was having like a breakdown. I didn't know what to do. You know, I was moving home. Like it was, it was crazy. So by the time that I worked for this small, small business man, yes, small business man, I decided to resume my blog because I had a lot of things I wanted to say. Um, I of course still loved to cook. I love to share the recipes that I made and I actually, I like wrote about like fashion back then too. I was kind of all over the place, but I wrote like five times a week, which I cannot comprehend now. Different story, but that start, so that, that started, right? I started writing the blog and here's another weird one. I started a burlesque troupe. So I had started performing as a burlesque dancer um, in college and I tried to get an audition when I moved home and the only existing troupe like wasn't having auditions or something. So I said, fine, we'll just start around. So I started a burlesque troupe and I was writing my blog. And those were very, I wouldn't even say, su- I would not say subtle clues that entrepreneurship was definitely the way to go for me. I just kept being drawn to this, being able to call the shots, you know, being able to decide what's important and doing it. So, as I ran the burlesque troupe, things started growing. You know, we had um, 
we started having shows at theaters and we would sell out and I was marketing our shows to um, a digital digital audience, which it was still fairly new at that time. There was not, it wasn't like just universal like it is today. Um, but I realized how powerful it was and how I could reach new people by marketing um, on Facebook and on other social media platforms. So this kind of just, you know, happened. It was just going for a while. And then one day, um, my boss, I mean, he said some strange things to me in the past, but he wanted me to um, essentially break the can spam act um, and start essentially spamming people with emails. And I kept saying, like, I, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, I think we should let people opt in. Like, we can't just put these people on a list. Like, eh. and he started telling me all these things about my personality and whatever, just because I wouldn't just do this. And it made me really uncomfortable. And I just decided, like, this... This is just, I don't know, I just couldn't. So I went home, I was um, telling my, so anyway, it wasn't just the can spam. It was how he reacted and sort of this like, I'm telling you to do it, so you better do it. And that didn't really work for me um, because I felt like I wasn't being listened to like as a human you know it was just kind of like I don't really care about your opinion so just no um and I had been maintaining and developing all of the digital marketing for his business anyway so it just rubbed me the wrong way so I went home and my husband said just quit your job no he wasn't my husband back then he was just my boyfriend he was my boyfriend I think we lived together he said just quit your job I got you and of course, back then we had like no expenses. Um, we lived in like a little apartment and um, we didn't have a child. And we somehow didn't spend all that much money on food, which I don't really understand. But anyway, we didn't have a ton of expenses. He said, just quit your job. And um, so I did. And that is when I started my freelance and my blog, like a focus on my blog. So. This is really where I, my, my passion for helping women develop their own business comes from, because I remember this moment so, so vividly still, and not really knowing, I, I like genuinely had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I just figured I could make it work. And so I, became very vocal about what I was doing. Um, I, I kept publishing my blog and focusing more time on that. And I eventually got hooked up with a, like a business networking group. And I sort of interned for them and started doing work for them. Some of it was paid and all that. And, um, some of it wasn't, but still. And, um, that's when it really started. That's when I started getting connected and people saw my blog and they said, you know how to write, you know how to market, you know how to essentially, you know, design in WordPress. And that's how my freelance business came about. And it continued to grow from there. So, um, for a few years in between quitting my job and mm, probably 
my son being born and him turning about six months old, things were amazing. I mean, it was just me freelancing, me doing the work when I I could and when it made sense and um, spending time with my family and feeling pretty, feeling like it was pretty manageable. Um, and then, it, you know, at that point it had been kind of like, I was happy to just have these little freelance gigs and bring in a little bit from my blog and stuff like that. Um, it was all very, again, manageable, um, very personal to me. It was very like, this is enough for me. And when my son was about six months old, I was recruited by a marketing agency to um, come on board with them. They were just starting up. Uh, they wanted me to come on board as a um, director of content and marketing for them. So I had always kind of thought, you, you know, in the years leading up to this, what happens if I can't get any more clients? Like, will we have no money? Like, how is this gonna work? And I always told myself, well, I could always get a job with these skills that I've developed, these skills I've taught myself over the years because people have needed it from me. You know, they asked me, um, can you design this little WordPress site? And I'm like, well, sure, of course I can, absolutely. And I learned on the job, I priced accordingly, and then that was a new skill I had. I worked on it and studied and improved and raised my rates. And that's how it had gone for like five years, I guess, um, maybe four years that I was freelancing and kind of just like bringing in those skills. So after that period of time, I had very marketable skills and I was very vocal about what I had been doing. Obviously, like I said before, you know, I'm blogging, people are seeing it, they're reading it, they're clicking on it, they're seeing my photos, they're seeing all of that. And that made it easy to find me and I, was found by a marketing agency. Um, they had actually recruited me before. This is right when I was about, you know, thinking about getting pregnant and I didn't like the idea of being in this very like structured environment right after I had a kid. Um, so I said no. And then as I continued to think about it and, um, you know, my child was like six months old, I'd been kind of like super mom for a long time. And I was a little anxious to get out of that very restrictive side of the role. I started thinking, well, if I take this job now, I will have a job, like a job job, like an office job on my resume for the future. And I'll learn things and I'll get paid well and uh, whatever. So I said yes. And I went back to an office setting for the first time in like five years um, to work at a marketing agency, which apparently, had all the skill, I had developed all those skills over the years, but just by marketing myself and working for other people, developed all these skills, kind of still very strange to me that this happened without my even really knowing it. But I started working for them and I started using what I had known to improve other people's businesses, to get more people reaching out to these businesses and to trust them and to engage with them and all of these things. So um, that I was always a little uncomfortable with the idea that I my business was working on other people's businesses and I kind of wanted to be the business being worked on, right? Um, rather than just 
like a, a freelancer, um, that sort of role, it started, it was really exaggerated when I worked at the agency. So that was this subtle sort of just, I don't know, feeling a little bit uncomfortable there. Um, but as things went on, um, the workload just increased and increased and increased. And I was spending 60, 70 hours a week working um, at this agency, not really, you know, feeling appreciated or um, being paid accordingly. Um, and I had other work on top of that, you know, my freelance stuff was still was still going on. You know, I had um, a regular photography client that I worked with and I was still writing my blog. So, I mean, on top of those, that amount of hours, I was doing my own stuff just to maintain it, just to keep it there and trying to be a mom. So it all culminated with that moment, right? Where I had, when I realized that my son preferred my mom to me and that's just not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted to do all those years ago when I decided like I am gonna quit. You know, and when my then boyfriend told me to quit, we talked about the future and we said, well, you know, when we have kids, um, I'll be able to stay home with them more. You know, I don't, I don't wanna be a stay-at-home mom. I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. It's just not who I am. Um, but I wanted to be able to be in an active part of their lives, not just on the weekends or like at night when I'm busy cooking dinner and trying to get them to bed and all that. So that being such a major focus of my quitting and kind of honestly struggling for a while to just learn what I was doing and learn how to run my own business and to market myself and to even understand what kind of skills I had, the fact that that reason was completely truncated, just that was the moment. And I just said, I can't, you know? And I realized if I'm spending 60 hours a week on other people's stuff, if I put that amount of effort, not 60 hours a week, hopefully, but the full effort that I was giving to these multiple clients and I just did it for myself, I think it would really work. And I always had the option of getting a traditional job after that, right? I had these like traditional job job skills. I had like the resume and I'm, you know, very, I'm very vocal. I'm very visible um, in terms of content and marketing in um, our region. So I quit my job. Um, I kind of worked part-time with another agency um, in the meantime, while I was still kind of like just terrified. I was kind of like, we just bought a new house. It's big. Oh my God. Like I, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, they're gonna evict us. You know, like I was, it was terrifying, um, which is strange because I had come from that, from making my own thing, right? I'd come from that. But within this short period of time that I worked for someone else, I became so dependent on them to sign the check and to bring in the clients and do all of that. I completely lost the confidence in myself to make it work. Um, And that is something that has become such a passion for me is instilling the confidence 
in other women that you can do this. Primarily because I remember just how fucking terrifying it was when I really just quit. So I kind of just, it was one of those like conscious subconscious moments again, where my subconscious was saying, oh my God, we're gonna be poor. We're not gonna have any food. We're gonna have to uh, move. We're gonna have to sell our house. We're gonna have to just wrench it apart. I mean, we're just gonna be bad. We're never gonna make this. It's gonna be terrible. And then my conscious was just like, it's fine. It's fine. You're probably gonna be fine. So it was um, an interesting, it was an interesting little period of time where my conscious and subconscious were so at odds. But I decided to put my focus on my blog and I really found a niche. I started putting out content that was very high quality. I mean, I I can say that because I made this effort, right? Where I promised myself, and I said this like out loud to myself, I was super creepy. I'd be like, just do it, just do it. So the way that that worked for me was if I had an idea, but it was like a little extra effort, I would normally just be like, screw it, <laughs> nah. Um, but then it was like, oh, you know, I think this photo would look amazing with these on a totally different plate and completely different linens and in a totally different room. And instead of being like, not nah, it's fine, I would move it all. I would put it on different plates. I would move it. I would get different linens. I would just do it. I just did it, you know? I'd be like, I think I wanna post three times a week. And I'd be like, no, that's crazy. That's a lot, that's too much. And then I would say to myself, just do it, just do it. Anything that I felt like would help my business, I just did it. And that paired with finding my niche, creating that really high quality content that went along with saying, just do it, um, like studying and whatever. I'd be like, I'm gonna, I should study. I should study some online courses about food photography. Well, I don't know if I really have time for that, blah, blah. No, just do it. That's That was going on in my brain. So um, I just did it. And then my content became better. It became more frequent. Uh, I had a niche, so I had a voice. I had people that, what I was saying, it resonated with them. And the content I was producing, they were interested in it. And I was, just put it out there. I just put it out there all the time. And since then, my job, my, my blog went from bringing me in like $200 a month to being full, 100% full-time income. Um, I make more now with my ads from my blog alone than I did at the agency. And that's all because I just like, just did it. I just did it. And I don't know. It's, this, seeing this change has motivated me so much to share it with other women because we've all been in those situations where the job that you have is not family friendly. It's not flexible the way that you need, the way that you want it to be. And I'm very, very passionate, passionate about the idea that if you want a hustle, if you wanna be an entrepreneur, if you wanna be a lady boss, if you want to grow your blog, we can do it. You know, we can we can do it. And in my opinion, the best people to help a woman 
grow and build and succeed it's other women so that is the that is the whole philosophy behind the queen bee school so the queen bee school podcast we're gonna have guests on talking about their side hustle about their full-time job about losing their full-time job about starting their own gig and being terrified you know we're gonna do it together we're gonna jam and we're gonna like we're gonna just share and support each other and it's gonna be amazing and like forgive my super like gushy feminist side right now but i'm really excited so the queen bee school will also be putting out courses and resources and we'll be offering coaching to help develop design and strategize your business as a woman as a mother i get what it's like i'm a mom i'm a woman i know what you're going through being a modern woman being a modern mother it's challenging we have more responsibilities than ever before and we want things you know we want to be ambitious we want to have our own our own hustle and there's so many ways that that can manifest i really realized there was a space for this when i created nofilteronline.com it's a magazine written by uh like 60 different women talking about the struggles that they have as modern women as modern mothers and just the voices that i've heard since launching no filter it just showed me that there is so much we're thinking so much we're not sharing so i want to share it that is what the queen bee school is all about we're going to talk about the struggle and successes and we'll have actionable information to help you grow your business to grow your blog to reach more people to make more money we're going to cover it all here so i hope that you subscribe i'm so excited to be sharing this with you it's time to be the queen of your own hive i'm cheryl malik thanks for listening mm-hmm.